Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. I'm Jason Inman, and you're listening to Geek Vibes. Uh, yes, welcome to another edition of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, this is episode, who are we kidding? We never keep count. Um, we have a fun <laughs> like <that>. show. <laughs> we have a fun show prepared for tonight. So without further ado, let me announce our panel, our panelists, sorry, and then let's get into it. Yeah. Um, all right. So first. Kanan, what's going on, Silent Assassin? Uh, it's, it's going good. Tonight's a stacked night, uh, not just for our show, but uh, lots of stuff going on out in uh, entertainment land, so excited to talk about it. Absolutely. Tonight is a packed night even for television. My Patriots are playing, it's TLC, and The Walking Dead comes back tonight. So it's a crazy night. Yeah, um, Joel, what's going on, man? Fucking excited, bro. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. All right, so we're going to start off with trailer talk. Um, we got two crazy trailers that dropped out of nowhere. Um, let's start with the Black Panther trailer that literally came out of nowhere, even though I did say last week we'd be getting it rather sooner than later. I didn't expect we'd get it before Infinity War. I still don't know what's going on with that Infinity War trailer. Um, but Joel, what were your thoughts of the Black Panther trailer? Well, I gotta say that Black Panther trailer was, uh, a very, very, very good. I really enjoyed it. I think I watched it a couple, well, a couple times and, uh, I've liked a lot of the trailers that come out recently, but this trailer was shockingly like, great. <laughs> like I was, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I don't even like the, the music cause I know a lot of people were dissing the music in, in the trailer, but I, I even enjoyed that. Like, it fit into the trailer, and it fit, like, the mood that they were trying to give. Um, I just loved everything in it. Like, everything I saw, like, we got to see. The, we finally got to see the suit glow, like, the purple glow that they've been using a lot recently in the comic books. We got to see um, uh, Killmonger's version of that suit uh, with the gold uh, glow and the, the golden jaguar, I guess, is the, his thing there, or his totem or whatever. Um, we got to see. Yeah. Um, what's the villain's name again? Um Ulysses Claw, Claw, Claw's um, gun, like this little, this fake hand opens up and he shoots something out of it, and we got to see Wakanda look fucking amazing, I'm like that, I'm jealous for like Inhumans that Wakanda looked as good as it did, because Inhumans couldn't touch that, uh, it's just, there's all bunch of things that just looked amazing, and I just, I can't wait, it's gonna be great, it's just, it looks amazing. Yeah, I completely agree, Wakanda looked like if the Lion King had technology, uh, it yeah. was beautiful. Uh, the landscape is beautiful. There was even a scene that looked like it was out of The Lion King. Uh, so this this movie looks like it's 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 catching us at all all angles. I will say I was one of the people not a fan of the music choice. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the first trailer um, with that with that song because that song uh, one of the lines out of that song that it kept hitting for that trailer was "Step into the Spotlight," uh, and you know the tone of that trailer was. Not at his father's, you know, past, 
he has to step into the spotlight, not only as the face of Wakanda, but as, but as its protector. And now he has, like, a huge bullseye on his, on his back because of him uh, hiding um, Captain America and Bucky. So, you know, right. or at least knowing where Captain America was at that time. Right. Um, the Avengers. So, you know, well, he, the right. Outlaw. Outlaw. Right. Well, pretty much. We'll find out maybe where Cap is or what's happening with mm-hmm. Bucky and everything come February. But I just thought that song fit, especially that tagline that kept hitting in that trailer, Step Into the Spotlight. This song, I just wasn't a fan of it. I'm not familiar with the actual song. Um, I, it just didn't do anything for me. Uh, but that didn't take away from the trailer. I loved every ounce of this trailer. Uh, one line, I had to go back and rewatch it like six times because I couldn't understand what he was what he was saying. When he was talking to one of his bodyguards, and she said, don't freeze. I thought she said, don't fleece. So I was Googling what the hell fleece meant, and I'm like, why would she be telling him that? <laughs> and then I watched it again, and I'm like, oh, don't freeze. And then he goes, oh, I never freeze. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I will say one of the things I'm looking forward to that I hope is in this movie because it just it fits. I hope you remember in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Black Panther had mm-hmm. these kind of dart things that he would throw that it would light up yeah. and he would throw them. Daggers, I would love yeah. to either see that, yes, either in Black Panther or in Infinity War. One of those two. I, I, I really would love to see that. Um, just really showing how techno- uh, technologically advanced they are and how even mm-hmm. his weaponry is like at an all-time high. Um, but I loved it. Michael B. Jordan, for our listeners who are unaware, Killmonger in this movie, not necessarily the comics, in this movie was born in America. So for all you guys who keep asking, why does he not have an accent? He was not born in Wakanda. He was born in America. His father was exiled uh, by King T'Chaka, and he went to America. That's where he raised his son, and his son kind of feels entitled. He never got a chance, you know, got a shot at at the throne. He resents T'Challa for his father, you know, uh, exiling his father. So that's the Mm kind of back and forth they're going to have in, in that respect. But a lot of people were asking that and were confused on why Michael B. Jordan's character did not have an accent. That is the case. So please there's stop a, thinking that Michael B. Jordan say it again? No, there's a father feud similar to like what happened in Iron Man 2 and uh, with, 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 with yes. Whiplash and shit. Yes, except this will be a better version of that. A way better version yes. of that. That's the plan at least, right? Yes, that is the plan. Let's let's hope so. Um, Kanan, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought visually the trailer was was beautiful. I thought it was, uh, you know, much more, um, you know, up. To, well, I mean, it, it showed a lot more, you know, Wakanda, you know, the technology. Uh, we didn't really get to see a whole lot of that in the first trailer. Uh, I'm with you. I didn't really care for the music choice, um, you know. But other than that. Um, I, I liked the first trailer better. Um, visually, like I said, this one was better. Um, I just, I'm just not sure about the plot. I, I'm, I'm hoping that the trailer really hasn't given us what, you know, what the movie's going to be about. I really hope it's going to be more about uh, Claw and his, you know, vendetta against uh, Black Panther. Because, I mean, like you just said, I mean, this kind of seems like the same rehashed uh, somebody just wants to watch the world burn type 
uh, plot. You know, we get you know we saw that in Iron Man two. This is almost kind of like Loki and Odin and Thor. I mean, it's just kind of like now it's you know Black Panther's version. I mean, will they do it better? I mean, probably, but I mean we'll have to wait and see. But other than that, that's that's really I'm just you know not really sold on that yet. I'm still gonna see the movie. I think it's gonna be a great movie. I'm just hoping that the trailer is just for right now is putting emphasis on that. But we're really gonna see you know you know the true villain, which is Claw, and uh, there's gonna be some other threat. Well, let me say this: um, they never said Claw was the main villain. Uh, we know for a fact there's three villains. There's Killmonger, there's Man-Ape, and there's Claw. We right. assumed Claw was going to be the main villain. They never told us that. So if it turns out to be Man-Ape or uh, Killmonger, that wouldn't surprise me at all because they never officially told us who the actual villain was. Iron Man 2, we knew it was uh, Whiplash. Uh, Thor, we knew it was Loki. So I don't think it'll mirror that in that aspect. Also, um, I love, it didn't show us too much. I still have no idea what this movie's about. I don't know what Claw is, is actually doing. If Claw mm-hmm. is, you know, we know he goes out and uh, recruits um, Killmonger, but we have no idea how Manate falls into this. Because uh, all we see of Manate is him, that, th- that same shot, holding someone up looking all, like, huge and, and crazy monstrous. So we really don't have, like, a clear idea on what this movie is going to be about. Um, I'll say this. I'll say Black Panther showed us a lot less in its second trailer than Spider-Man Homecoming did. I had a clear image oh, on what Spider-Man Homecoming was, was going to be. Like, we knew exactly what that movie was going to be. The only shocking right. thing in there is... Um, was Vulture's connection to uh, um, whatever that chick's name was. Liz. Yes, Liz. So, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming, second trailer came out. A lot of people were like, yeah, no, kind of have an idea on what this is going to be. And it didn't take away from the movie being great. Black Panther in its second trailer, I have no idea what to expect from it. I have an idea. Well, we know who the three villains are going to be, but how do they fall in place? What what brings certain elements to um, to the forefront? I mean, we know Claw's main focus is probably going to be, since Ultron robbed him, getting more vibranium. So that makes sense. So I don't think it's a necessary thing of, I want to see the world burn or I'm trying to bring down an army. I think he just wants money uh, and he wants the, uh, the vibranium. So I, I don't think it's as, as clear-cut as, say, Spider-Man Homecoming was. Um, but all right, let's move into our next trailer. We got a trailer along with, finally, a date for The Punisher. Uh, the Punisher will come out November 17th, and I, I know a lot of you fans are like, that sounds like the same date as Justice League. That's because it is. Uh, <laughs> Marvel Netflix has a thing with coming out the same day as DCEU films. Uh, it did it a while ago with... I believe it was Daredevil and BVS. So we know they have it. Yes. I I don't even think it was a week. I think it was this. I think it was the same thing. No, it wasn't. It was a week before. It was a week before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Now, for a lot of people, and we saw this on the page a lot, Jeff Loeb isn't thinking about DC when he's looking for uh, release dates. 
Um, he's probably thinking to himself, when in November can I release it that I can capture the most right before that Thanksgiving uh, break? November 17th is perfect. Um, and like we told everyone, there is no competition. One is technically a television show. The other one is a, a movie. So you can literally watch the TV show Thursday night or Thursday like 3 o'clock in the morning or even earlier that morning or in the seven, afternoon. And then seven, at night, at right, <laughs> seven, in the, or 7 in the morning or 7 at night, and then seven literally night. go see Justice League. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, 3 in the morning for Friday. Punisher. You're right, you're right. Yeah, for Punisher. Uh, Justice League, you could also, like you were saying, see it Thursday night. Uh, yeah, so, Thursday like I said, there is there is no competition. One has nothing to do with the other. If it was like, if Infinity War came out the same day as Aquaman, then I'd be like, all right, well, there's definitely some competition here. But that's not the case. One, you can literally sit and binge watch Friday and then see the movie on Thursday. Uh, but, Joel, the trailer itself for The Punisher, it didn't really get me... You, you know, more hyped than I already was. I kind of wanted to see Jigsaw. I was a little upset I didn't see that much of Jigsaw, if if any. I don't recall seeing them at, at all. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, what were your thoughts on the Punisher trailer? It was a good trailer. like the last trailer. It was just another good trailer, uh, solid trailer. Um, I'm not, Like you said, it didn't uh, amp my excitement. I'm pretty excited already, and I've been waiting forever now. And I'm finally just happy it gave us a damn release date. So I'm sitting there like, oh, when? When? I thought it was going to be the week after that or, or, you know, after that, maybe the last week of November. But they're going to do it on the same week Justice comes out. So it just makes my schedule a lot more tight. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm going to end up watching it. Well, Justice League, I'll probably be watching Thursday. So Punisher's not out for me to watch anyway. Um, and then I'll probably binge watch Punisher the rest of the weekend and maybe go watch Justice League again that week at some point. I don't know, because I probably watch Justice League twice. But at the that's just how it's going to be. So it doesn't like a fan like me, it doesn't affect me at all. So I'm going to do both. So it doesn't really affect me at all. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, there's no competition. There's no reason why in the course of two to three days, you can't binge or watch multiple viewings of both Punisher and justice league. So we can definitely just get that out, out of the way now. Uh, Cannon, what were your thoughts on Punisher trailers? Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, it was, you know, the best one. I enjoyed it because I think it gave us a little bit more detail about, um, you know, just what the story is going to be about. I mean, I think we already had an idea of what, you know, if you know the Punisher, you know what kind of sets him off. But I kind of like, uh, you know, where they're, you know, where they're going with this, um, you know, with the the military and everything. Um, but uh, as far as the date. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't push it to December like there were some of the rumors out there. I, I think it's a good date they're capturing. Um, honestly, you, you know, y'all are right, and if anybody thinks this, it's ridiculous. But they're just capturing that date um, because there is a lot of hype because another show's, you know, movie's coming out, and, you know, people are going to want to watch both. There's no competition. Justice League is going to own the weekend. Um but it's just, you know, it's a good weekend. It's right. It's uh, the weekend right before most people are going to be off from school uh, and for work for the holidays. Uh, so it's, you know, just a great time to release it. It's going to be a busy weekend. Uh, Battlefront 2 comes out uh, that Friday, uh, or that Friday, yeah, that Friday. Then you have Justice League coming out, and you have Punisher. I mean, it's just a great way to, you know, kick off the holidays. So 
I'm hyped for it. Uh, I thought the trailer did what it needed to. I love the music selection that they've had. Um, yep. You know, for for both trailers, and I'm I'm just like I said, I'm just glad that it didn't get pushed to December. I'm glad we're getting it so, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like I said, I I love the trailer also. Can't wait. Um, yeah, no, the hype is real for the Punisher now that we finally have an actual date. Um, all right, so let's move into our news topics. Let's start off with some kind of breaking news, but not for today. It was kind of breaking news a few days ago. But we finally have a release date for Shazam, as Joel was telling me in our uh, our meeting before the show. It was the same uh, month and year that they had slated, I believe, at Comic-Con when they had the uh, all the showings on screen, right, Joel? I think it was even earlier than that, when they first announced Shazam. Uh, during the first oh, okay. giant release slate, I think it was supposed to be 2019, but I'm I'm not totally sure. But I, I think that's what I heard. But either way, it's coming out April 2019, so should be happy. Everyone should be right. happy that there's an actual date around it. They should start filming in like around February or something. Yep, um, yeah. and I'll say this: I'm really happy with their selection of director. Um, David is definitely hilarious with his um him you know keeping us updated on how many days into not necessarily production but possible pre-production that they're in as far as writing and possibly still doing casting searches and stuff like that he's just been hilarious with his uh what kind of yeah, soda is it coke zero or coke something zero. like that yeah coke zero yeah his action figures of Shazam. He had an action figure of Superman <laughs> on top of Shazam. So he's yeah. definitely having fun with us. And, and it's been great to watch because it's just been funny. Um, so, you know, we kind of already announced when, when the release date is. So I asked this question to you, even though it's a little early, but, you know, we're geeks. It's always, it's never too early. What are your expectations for this Shazam movie? I'll start with you, Kenny. Well, I, my expectations are, you know, a, a little high just because of, you know, of how well David Sandberg's done with, with the Annabelle movies. I think that he's, uh, if you've seen those films, you know that uh, he can make a great film. Uh, and I think that he's going to have a lot of fun with this uh, Shazam movie. Um, if you follow him on Instagram or if you follow us on Twitter, you know, I repost his his antics. Um, uh, also, you know, he kind of, you know, he kind of hinted in one of his pictures, you know, that uh, Henry Cavill might be making an appearance in the film. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just really excited to see who they get for, uh, you know, Shazam and uh, Billy Batson, you know. So I think, you know, the casting is going to be, you know, the biggest part of it. Um, but as far as the date goes, I think that's a great date. Um, to me, I feel like late March, uh, April kind of really starts uh, the summer movie month now, at least for the last couple of years. You know, we had BVS, and you've had the Fast and Furious movies. Um, even uh, Disney opened up in March with uh, Beauty and the Beast, which was huge. So, you know, you know, March and April, you know, around that time frame, um, really helps kick off the movie year. And I think, um, you know, I think Shazam's going to be a big you know, a huge spot for DC in that, uh, and for that month. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good time to release it. Um, you guys know I'm huge on marketing. 
So I'm very curious to see how they market this film. If this is something uh, Warner Brothers and DC are like, maybe we do need a little bit of Superman in it to kind of, you know, let people know this is part of the same world, it's part of the same universe. Um, we always said it would have been really fun to either have Superman engage with either Shazam or Black Adam or both. Um, so that's going to be a really fun aspect. Uh, it's going to be weird knowing that uh, The Rock as Black Adam isn't going to be in the Shazam movie, so who they're going to choose as the villain. Uh, there's just so many fun things to uh, look forward to with this project. But, Joel, I ask you the same question. What are your expectations for Shazam? I just, I have, I guess, some high expectations. I'm super excited because I just want to see what this, what Shazam's going to look like on, on the big screen. Because, like, he's always been somewhat of a Superman clone. So I want to see them try to separate him or, or separate him, in it, but, like, make him unique. Like, I don't want him to be just a Superman ripoff. And Shazam really isn't. I just power-wise, he kind of is, like, physically, like, his strength and his ability to fly and his speed. But uh, I think they'll probably implement more of his lightning powers in this, um, considering that's where he gets his power from. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what way they go with it, like what's the villain going to be, because we know Black Adam's not going to be in it, unfortunately. So I have high expectations. Uh, I do believe it's in the same universe as the DCEU. I don't really have a doubt that that's the case. Um, maybe they put it Superman. I mean, he's teased it a little bit, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I wouldn't be upset if they did. Uh, that would, that's one hell of a mentor to have, is Superman, so... I would love to see. I, I mean, I just can't wait to see what they do with it. So I can't, I'm just waiting for the casting at this point. I'm just fucking getting anxious between him, like Billy and, and the Shazam role. Who is going to be Shazam? Super excited, and I'm just like getting really anxious. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, and I can kind of picture it now. Billy having posters of Superman up, especially if this takes place way after Justice League. Uh, you know, he has pictures up of Superman. He's idolizing him. Uh, and stuff like that. He then becomes Shazam, uh, you know, and whoever the villain is, maybe he needs help. Superman helps them. Same way they kind of did in that animated film, but minus Black Adam. Um, And, you know, he takes on a mentor role, uh, and down the line comes JL2. He gets added as, like, an extended member of the team. Um, You know, just so many different ways to play with it and so many great things to do. I do think because Henry Cavill is someone whose star kind of shines bright, uh, depending on the casting of whoever they decide to get as Shazam. If it's not a big, big, big name, um, I could definitely see them going to put uh, Henry Cavill in it just to bring more attention to the movie itself. I could definitely see that. Uh, And I would have no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, I think that'd be perfect. Um Yeah, so let's move on to some more DC news. Um, James Wan, uh, along with Jason Momoa and Amber Heard, have made it super known that they have officially wrapped filming. Um, So, Joel, I will will start with you and ask you two questions. One, what are your expectations for Aquaman? And two, when do you believe we will see the first teaser trailer for that film? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, I'm going to say we'll start with the expectations. They've definitely jumped since uh, I first heard about Aquaman. So with all the pictures we've seen, all the news that we know, and all the little tidbits, 
Uh, I'm super psyched. I, like, I'm, I just got to see what – I want to see what he does in Justice League first, obviously, just so I get a taste of what we're going to get. Because uh, we've seen some, like, bits and pieces of what Atlantis might look like and what he looks like underwater and what he looks like in his suit. I'm just – very curious how this movie's storyline is going to go and how they implement his character and his world and bring it to life. Because that's going to be the biggest thing. Because I'm a huge fan of James Wan and all his movies. So I'm just like, I'm really curious to see how he's going to portray that in on the big screen with Momoa and Aquaman and Mira and all them. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hyped for it. Um, considering it's the only DCEU movie, it's really, it's going to have to hit hard, but obviously it's going to follow up Justice League a year later. So it doesn't have as much pressure, but it also has to. It, it is the only thing holding the torch for DC next year, so it's got a lot to hold on to. But I, I think it can do it. I think he can do it. I think I, there's just a lot riding on it. But also, I, I'm not really worried about it either. It's one of the very like the it's one of the productions I'm not really really worried about. Like I can't say that about X Men Dark Phoenix. Like I'm a little worried about that. I could say I'm not worried about Aquaman. I'm just waiting to see what they're gonna give us. Now. The trailer. That's a good question. Um, I want to say we'll get it earlier than we expect. Um, it could be as early as Justice League, the teaser, which might be too soon. Um, or it could be oh, one, of the, one of the major cons that are early on in the year next year. I'm not really sure which one is the most earliest one, but probably one of those, I'm going to say. Maybe Super Bowl. Maybe we get a little teaser Super Bowl. They rarely do it, though. Warner Brothers is very weird with their Super Bowl marketing, so maybe not, but it's also a spot you could put it in. Yeah. Um, I, a few things I wanted to, to get to uh, that you were saying. One, I'll, I'll just – I'm going to say it now. It's between December and Super Bowl that we'll see a teaser trailer. The first official <laughs> trailer, I'd assume, will come with um, San Diego Comic-Con in, uh, right. in July. So I will say, though, it's between December because I'm sure DC is like, excuse me, I'm not going to let Disney soak up all of December and January. And mm-hmm. we, we know MC, and we know Disney not only ends the year strong but starts it with Black Panther. So if you're right, DC, right, right. you kind of want to hone in on some of that attention. What better way than to drop a sick teaser trailer of, of Aquaman, maybe even an official trailer? Um, yeah. But to a couple other points you're making, I am curious because they're playing Aquaman the same way they use Black Panther. You're seeing him in a team-up movie first, then he gets his solo. So what's very unique about that is that was, um, you know, speaking of uh, Black Panther, that was the Russo brothers' interpretation of Black Panther. Now we're going to see Ryan Coogler's version of, of Black Panther. Just like this was Zack Snyder's. Now we're going to see Jason, uh, James Wan's version of, of Aquaman. So it's going to be really cool to see how, how different the, the world, the looks, uh, the tone, and stuff like that differ from those two projects. So uh, you, you brought that up. So I was just saying I'm definitely looking forward to that also. And I wanted to ask you one more thing before I pass the same question over to Kanan. I already know sure. the answer. But you were saying, you know, that you're a fan of James Wan's. You, you know, you really enjoyed his work. Have you right. yet to see Death Sentence? No, I have not. But I, I saw it available to watch on, it was Netflix. So I can watch it if I, I want to. I knew the answer to that. Dude, watch that movie. That is one of James Wan's <laughs> best projects. Just watch it. Well, um, now I know I can, right, so, so maybe I will. 
just whenever you get a chance, I know how busy you are, just whenever you get a chance, it's a really, really, really good watch. Um, Kanan, first question I want to ask you before I pass you the important questions. Have you seen Death Sentence by James Wan? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, man, okay. Kanan, please watch that also. But more importantly, let me pass the questions over to you. Your expectations for Aquaman and when you see, when you envision a teaser trailer or official trailer. Okay. Uh, well, I know I said my expectations for uh, Shazam were high. I think that my expectations for Aquaman are not as high because I trust James Wan. I trust David Sandberg as well, but I just there's not any controversy with, with either director. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of at ease with the direction DC's going with their movies uh, for right now. Uh, you know, I'm a Zack Snyder fan, but, you know, like every movie that he directs, there's just always that factor of of controversy with him as far as what the, the critics and stuff goes. So I think Aquaman's not, not going to have that because I think Patty Jenkins silenced a lot of that with Wonder Woman. Uh, I think we may still see some with Justice League just because Snyder's name's attached to it. But I'm hearing nothing but good things um, about Aquaman. I think it's going to be a fun movie. I don't think I think it's going to have maybe some serious moments in it, but I think it's not going to be one of these dark movies at all. I mean, Aquaman even said it's just like a classic adventure type movie. So maybe even a uh, underwater. Uh, Indiana Jones type movie or an underwater Star Wars movie. I just I just think it's going to be a I think it's going to be over the top because it's Aquaman. I think we're going to really see sharks and just all kinds of weird shit. But I think it's going to be entertaining as hell. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, no matter what happens with Justice League, I mean, from here on out, I mean, they can just start doing the movies. You know just focusing on uh, the characters themselves, which may take some pressure off uh, the directors. As far as the trailer goes, um, honestly, they've been filming this movie for a while. Uh, You know, we know Zack Snyder started filming uh, Justice League uh, around the end of March or April. Uh, We had uh, enough footage for them to put together something at last year's Comic-Con. So honestly, I think we could get a teaser with Justice League, uh, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. You know, they could just show, you know, Aquaman floating in on a shark and then show the symbol coming, you know, 2018. Uh, you, you know, WB, like Joel said, uh, WB is not really big on trailers um, during the Super Bowl. Um, so if not, then I think they may do some kind of a, you know, kind of event thing like they did with uh, with Justice League, you know, teaser, maybe just something in, um, you know, February or March. Uh, but I honestly think they could show one for Justice League. And we know they're not going to um, do one for Star Wars because of Infinity War. No. But. Right. I'll, um, I'll even say this. My Dark Horse uh, time frame, or date rather, even though I don't have an exact date, is around the time of CW's uh, mid-season finale. Around then, I could see them making a DC week out of it and us getting an Aquaman teaser during The Flash or during Arrow uh, because we know DC kind of runs that week, uh, starting off with Supergirl, then going Flash, Legends, Gotham, Arrow. Uh, Also, I keep forgetting... um, Well, the introduction of Black Lightning. Sorry. 
Yes, yes. And uh, we could also get that. Like, they can make a – that's what I'm saying. They can make a DC week out of it, and we get an introduction to Black Lightning. We get a teaser trailer to uh, Aquaman. Like, there's so much – there's so many different things. So I'm going to have that as my dark horse uh, date for um, a possible Aquaman first look. And I'm still sticking between no later – no sooner than December, no later than – Super Bowl week. So that's that's what I'm going with. And my dark horse is a possible DC week for the midseason finale, which is, I think is around December, January anyway. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, we can only hope. We can only hope. All right. So next topic to keep it DC, Kanan, we got a runtime for Justice League. I believe it was two hours and one minute. How do you feel about uh, – you know, uh, that, that time, that run time for, for Justice League? Well, let me just start off by saying that never in the history of movies would I ever think a run time for a film would be the most controversial thing that we would be talking about tonight because, I mean, there are people on Twitter who are literally getting death threats. I mean, there was a, a critic for Marvel that's getting death threats because he, he gave Marvel a rotten score. Okay, that's a review. You are giving someone a death threat because they're reporting a runtime for a movie. This is where we are, people. This is where we are with movies. It's insane how crazy people are getting over a runtime. So anyways, I, I just had to put that out there because this – I can't believe it. I, I don't know if y'all are seeing it on Facebook, but on Twitter, it's nuts. It's insane uh, the the amount of attention this runtime's getting. But so yes, there there's someone on Twitter who um, has verified with a few theaters. You know, it's not been confirmed by WB. So until Warner Brothers confirms it, when the tickets go on sale, you know, we're just going to go with what the theaters have been told or what they're saying so regal theaters amc theaters uh have all been told that the runtime for the film is 121 minutes or two hours and one minute um there are already if you go to fandango there are already some theaters with times for uh justice league you cannot order tickets right now but there are times already allotted for the film um as a fan um, I really just want the film to be good. I think the runtime is, is short. Um, I don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I saw BVS in the theaters um, at least five times. I love the film, but sitting in a the movie theater for almost three hours for each viewing is is just really hard. I mean, if I was at home, that's one thing because I can be more comfortable. But sitting in a the theater with a bunch of people and it's hot and you know, their sweaty breath and stuff, everything on you for three hours is just insane to watch a movie. So I just want the film to be good. If it's streamlined and, you know, the story can be told. Because Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, was the same runtime. I didn't think there was any issues with pacing or editing in that movie. I thought they did a great job. And they had to introduce all the characters, Gamora, Drax, uh, Star-Lord, Groot, and uh, Rocket. Um, did any of y'all think there were any issues introducing those people? I mean, they've already introduced Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg in BVS. They've already set them up. Uh, we know about Wonder Woman from her movie. Batman, Superman, need no introduction. 
so I think really all you need to do is maybe tell a little bit about Cyborg. Uh, so I'm hoping they didn't cut out a lot of the majority of his, um, you know, kind of his backstory. Uh, and I hope Flash isn't, um, you know, subject to that as well. Uh, but, you know, other than that, maybe two hours and 15, 20 minutes. But, I mean, I'm not tripping over the, the time at all. I mean, this is a good marketing move for WB because they can get more um, showings. Um, I mean, it, it is what it is. I just want the film to be good. I mean, the runtime, you know, is neither here or there. Well, runtimes never matter to me. If it's a good movie, I forget uh, the time anyway. Um, I know for Logan, I don't even know how long that movie is uh, was, but it was so good it didn't matter. But that movie could have been four hours, and I was so into that movie, I wouldn't have noticed. Um, now, I will say Justice League, The Last Jedi, and Infinity War are, like, three of the only movies I could ever think of that I'd love to be, like, five hours. Just because I love those characters so much, I'd love just five hours of seeing those characters interact. Um, I, I mean, it is a little short, but, I mean... The, you know, the people that are upset are the same people that got upset when they thought uh, BVS was going to be almost three hours. So, I mean, it, it's always a lose-lose uh, trying to please fans. But for me personally, mm-hmm. runtime doesn't matter. If it's a good movie, time escapes me. So time is, 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 like, if it's good, I'm not looking at my watch like, oh, my God. You know, gosh, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's been so long or, you know, it's only been 20 minutes. Like, no. If it's good, at time just definitely escapes me. Uh, but, Joel, your thoughts on the runtime? Uh, I think I, I echo both you guys, especially, like, Kanan. I, I, I've, been, I've been on Twitter, and it's pretty dangerous out there. <laughs> I don't understand how people get so upset over a runtime. It's ridiculous. How anybody can threaten someone's life because uh, they reported a runtime, it, it just boggles my mind. Some people are just like, – Twitter has the most insane human beings alive on there. It's just, it's just it freaks her out. It's just insane. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't get, I don't get it. Like it's fine. Like I don't mind it at all. It's two hours. I, I was telling Kane the other day. I'm like two hours is fine with me. Anything over two hours is just a cherry on top. So I'm happy with it. And we got a minute over, so cool. <laughs> so I'm good with that. So I like, like I've never, I don't normally pay attention to how long a movie is until someone complains that it's too long. Usually people complain that it's too long. You know, I, like if I if I complain it's too short, it's, it's during the movie. We're like, oh well, that ended too quickly. But if the movie's good, you won't even notice, like you said, like what the, what what the time is. So, as long as the movie's good, I don't really care. As long as they fit in everything they need to fill, uh, fit in, I'm I'm cool. You know, and that that doesn't account for like if there's any other extra scenes like uh, like uh, at the end or anything. So, as long as I'm cool, I'm cool with that. I'm happy. I'm just a very happy person. So. Yeah. All we ask is for a good movie. Time doesn't matter that. All right. So we also finishing up uh, with DC. Uh, Speaking of their television shows, we finally have a rounded out cast, or at least for our heroes, for uh, DC streaming service, uh, first official show besides Young Justice. Um, We have the main cast for Titans. So we have Brenton. And I'm not even going to butcher his last name. Uh, he did play Thwaites. 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 Okay, so Brendan Thwaites will be playing Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Anna Diop. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
will be playing will be playing Starfire. Tegan Croft will be playing Raven. Ryan Potter will be playing Beast Boy. Alan Richson will be playing uh, Hawk, and Minka Kelly will be playing Dawn. Dove. Is it Dawn? Dove. Well, Dawn Green. Dove. Dove. Okay, yeah, all right. I only had Dawn in my notes. All right, cool. Um, so, what do we think about the uh, official cast, Joel? I love it. I mean, I know uh, some of the actors, so I, I have uh, I have some like recognition as to who who like I could put a face to to it now with some of them at least. I don't know, like I don't think I've ever seen Tegan Croft act, so I can't say how Raven's gonna be. But most of the other ones I know, I recognize from other like TV shows or movies because uh, this Brendan Thwaites was in uh, the pirate movies recently, so uh, I so I know who he is at least. Um, I'm excited though, man. I'm like I finally we finally got a cast. Uh, we don't even know if that's the final cast like who know we don't even know because they also casted like uh dick's partner because i guess he's a cop or someone or something uh so he has a partner and she got casted and i'm not sure i don't remember if they casted anybody else but yeah i'm excited like like everything i hear so far i'm excited about i just want it to be good i just need it to be good i can't wait for like the official pictures to come out uh i i just i'm just so happy (laughs) i'm just happy because i've I've always wanted to see titans happen live action and we can see a live action official Nightwing, like, I've been waiting forever to see one like that, um, I'm just happy, I'm a happy person, I can't wait to see what this DC streaming app has to offer aside from that, but that's one of the things keeping me, uh, really excited for it to come, and, and Young Justice Season 3, of course, but, yeah, uh, you can color me happy, man. Yeah, it's definitely a colorful, uh, roster that they got for, for this lineup for the Titans show, uh, we'll just wait to see who they cast as the main villain, and so right. on and so forth. Uh, my main thing I'm looking forward to is seeing if this at any point will go uh, with the um, CW universe. That right. is like right. the only thing I'm looking, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the most. I'd even be, I wouldn't even be upset if they replaced Legends of Tomorrow with Titans. Um, just so we can get them connected with the CW universe. Seeing Oliver team up with Dick Grayson uh, for a mission in uh, what's his town, ta- uh, Bloodhaven, would be so freaking amazing. Um, right. So I, I I just desperately want Nightwing teaming up with Arrow because then we're one step closer to getting Batman, and you know that's what I desperately need in life. Um, they already teased it. So. Yeah, they already teased it. We know Batman does exist. No, I'm sorry, sorry. Bruce you know, Wayne. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne exists in the Arrowverse. Right. Um, and McCannon, what are your thoughts on this cast? <laughs> yes, and Bloodhaven exists. Well, first off, we already have a Bruce Wayne, and he's on Fox. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't want to see three. I, I know that, but, I mean, I don't want to see. They need to – I mean, they have the right, so they could they could do some kind of crossover uh, you know, with Fox, I don't want to see three different Bruce Wayne's, a, a TV, whoa, whoa, two whoa. TV versions, and a uh, and a movie version. I mean, come whoa. on now. Whoa, let's, no. let's let the David, more, let's let the David more Batman be Bruce Wayne. the merrier. Oh no, my God, the more Batman, the merrier. We yeah. need Batman no, on every <laughs> show. No argument here. Have Batman, <laughs> have Batman on Flash. Have him on Legends. Have him, have him even go to Lucifer. Have him on everything. Maybe Batman will make Inhumans better. Have him on there, too. We need Batman on every major superhero show. There's never, 
too much Batman, Kane, and you watch your mouth. But go ahead, continue. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so anyways. Uh, no, as far as the cast for Titans, I'm, I mean, I've, you know, I've loved it from, you know, from the get-go. I mean, I like that they're going, uh, you know, with some relatively unknown actors. I know that they've, uh, I know Britain's Waits was in uh, the, the latest Pirates movie. He's probably the biggest name they have right now. Uh, I am glad that Ryan Potter's in the DC universe. I'm just glad that he's not playing Nightwing. Um, so he's better, you know, suited for, um, you know, the Titans film or the Titans series. Uh, as far as them being connected, I, I don't think they're going to be. I think unless uh, DC streaming service uh, takes over and the show's moved to that, which I could see that, you know, possibly happening down the line then I think they're going to just kind of keep it, uh, you know, sandbox to to that streaming service. I think they'll let CW have their own universe. You know, Gotham and, and Fox are doing their own thing. And then I think what they put on uh, the streaming service with, um, you know, with Titans will, will, will just be its own little world. I mean, I could be wrong, and, you know, if I am, that's you know, not a bad thing because that's great that they do. I just don't see them doing that because I think if they get into that, then DC can just say, hey, we can just, you know, host these shows on our own streaming service. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a huge argument against it. I mean, the only thing I, I, I would I would say to kind of, not necessarily refute it, but just to kind of throw out there, that's the same thing we thought about Supergirl. That's what was told to us about Supergirl. And then when ratings started to look a little bad and CW was ready to dump it, boom, joined right into the, uh, well, technically Flash came over there before that right. even happened. Um, but Supergirl, before it even came out, they were saying it's going to be its own thing. That's why it's on CW. I mean, uh, CBS and not CW. Um, and then we see how quickly that changed. Same with Black Lightning. They started it yeah. with, it's not a part of the C, you know, the Arrowverse, but then they were like, eh, it will be, though. So it's like, yeah. you know, it, it could definitely change. But, I mean, Titans very well could be what Gotham is. We haven't right. seen... Oliver Queen interact with Bruce, so, you know, so they could definitely have their own thing, and like you said, that'd be fine. That'd be completely fine. Only thing I'd ask for, if they separate it, is just give me a Batman on there, too. But, let's keep right. moving on. Uh, 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 I'll say this. As long as Greg Berlanti's yeah. attached, there's a chance. That's how I say Until they cast Absolutely. A, a Speedy and a Kid Flash on Titans, <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Time out. That's true. And that doesn't even and that doesn't even mean that we won't see them connect with the CW because you could say that's a different Earth. Yeah, but they haven't done like different actor playing the same character like universe. They haven't. Yet. They haven't. You're you're, yeah, you're just, absolutely correct. Yeah. No. 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 You're, you're making a great point. They absolutely haven't. Uh, but hopefully that's something they maybe venture into down the road because that'd be pretty cool. Um, but for now, the Titans is its own thing on uh, the DC streaming service. I'm sure we'll get more details about the streaming service as uh, as we get into next year. So that'll be a lot of fun to look forward to. Oops, excuse me. Let's get into our next topic. Um, it was announced that the Han Solo movie has an official title. I know we thought Han Solo, a Star Wars story, would be the most logical name. But Ron Howard said, nope. I'll raise you one even better. How about just Solo, a Star Wars story? Yes, people, that is the name of his Han Solo solo film. 
Uh, Kanan, how dumb is it to for them to just put Solo and not just make it Han Solo, a Star Wars story, or does it not even matter to you? Well, I mean, the the title is terrible. To me, it's just lazy. And uh, But nobody's going to go watch the movie for uh, the title. Uh, they're going to go you know, see the movie because it's in the Star Wars uh, realm. But honestly, I mean, just like, you know, no one really cares so much about the name. I mean, really, the movie, to, from you know what I've heard, it hasn't really generated a whole lot of buzz anyways. A lot of people are just kind of like, you know, why? Why do we really need this? But... Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why they went with that. Um, like I said, it's just lazy. It's a. It's a terrible name. So. Yeah. Um. I, I won't. Dis- I won't disagree with that assessment. I will say this though. Um. The thought of why do we need it, and there's not really that much hype. Uh. That's how I felt with Rogue One before you know before I actually sat down and saw it. I didn't get mm-hmm. the I didn't get the necessity of that movie, especially that movie being the first one that they go with. And when I sat down in that theater, all that doubt and all that hate that I had was completely thrown out of the window and I fell in love with that movie. Um I love that movie. So I'm hoping uh Solo does the same thing for me and when I sit down I enjoy uh, Donald Glover, I enjoy uh, Amelia Clark, I enjoy you know Ron Howard taking over this project. I'm just hoping that I, I leave it and I'm like, alright, you know it was worth it. Stupid name or, or, or no stupid name, it was a really good movie. But Joel, what are your thoughts on the title? Um, I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I kind of figured that's where they were going to go with it. I mean, people have been saying that that, that was a possibility for months now, so uh, when I heard about it, I'm like, oh, of course. That's all I said. I wasn't really shocked. I wasn't super excited. I wasn't upset or anything because I kind of figured that's where they were going to go with it, and that's exactly what they went with. So I don't hate it by any means. I mean, it's not worth hating. <laughs> it is what it is. It says it's right to the point, solo. We know what it means. If you're a, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know what the fuck they're talking about. So that's all that really matters to me. So I'm excited. So I just, I just want to see a trailer, and I'm going to go from there. Yes. Yeah, so what we got from that is Joel Norcanning cares. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> uh, we got uh, some news from Kevin Feige on the Hulk. Uh, kind of one letting us know we're probably never going to get a solo Hulk film in the MCU. Uh, but we don't necessarily need one, especially because the biggest Hulk story uh, outside of uh, uh, Old Man Logan was uh, World War Hulk. Um, and I thought they could have done amazing things with that, uh, especially with Tony and the team deciding to send him out into outer space, him breaking out, completely taking over this planet, stuff like that. Then the, what I always wanted to see from Mark Ruffalo's Hulk on the big screen wasn't the whole Hulk getting to planet Hulk. It was when he came back home and he started wreaking havoc on everybody. That is what I wanted to see Mark Ruffalo's Hulk do. But, alas, we'll never see that unless they do mind control over the Hulk again, which I would not be a fan of whatsoever. Um, But the bigger news we got from Kevin Feige besides that was Hulk will be having a three-movie arc starting with Ragnarok. So Ragnarok, Infinity War, and then Avengers 4 will be a three-story arc 
for the Hulk. Uh, Joel, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts, and what do you think this possible arc will be? Do you think it'll just be the the fall of that character, or do you think it'll be like an evolution, kind of building up that character a little bit more, since that's the one character that will never have a soul. Well, let me not say never. That it doesn't look good <laughs> for that uh, that character to have a solo uh, in the MCU. I really don't know. Uh, there's a three-story arc within other movies uh, for this one character that probably won't get his own movie ever again, unfortunately. And I, I'm intrigued to see how they pull it off, because obviously they're going to start with Planet Hulk uh, and then and go from there. So I'm cool with it. I'm not sure how they're going to pull it off and in what capacity and what kind of arc they're talking about. I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it's going to be to the fall of the Hulk or anything like that. I try not to think about them dying in the future. <laughs> it might happen, but I try not to like speculate their deaths. If it happens, it happens. I don't feel like thinking about it. Um, but um, I, I'm just curious to see how they pull it off. Like I'm not. I'm curious of his role in Avengers. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens to him in this movie in, in Thor Ragnarok. So I just want to take it movie by movie and and, and take it all in and go from there. Yeah, I think what I'm looking forward to the most is when Hulk gets back to to Earth and he starts talking to the rest of the team. It seems like, wait, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, what? I <laughs> want it to stay the way it is, though. Talk? Yeah, I want it to stay the way it is, though, like a child. You know, like he kind of like classic yes, Hulk. Yes, like, I agree. I agree, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how Hulk speaks. See, Hulk shouldn't speak elegantly and like he is a smart person. No, I want him to kind of speak like a caveman. I completely yeah, yeah, agree, exactly. but you know it's just going to be funny uh, when Tony is is talking to a raccoon and then the Hulk and the Hulk is talking back and the raccoon <laughs> is talking back. I don't know how Tony will be able to take that, but I know some of the best comedic lines will be coming from those scenes. Uh, Kanan, what are, what are your thoughts on this three uh, three movie arc for the Hulk? Yeah, I. I agree with uh, Joel. I really don't know how you can. I don't know how much emphasis they can have on the Hulk in in the Infinity or in Avengers three, and Infinity or Infinity War and in Avengers four. Um, I think they can and they will in Thor. You know because you know his influence on the you know him being gone on the planet. You know and, and stuff like that. But you know we know that Infinity War is going to be about Thanos. So that's really like his arc. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on what's going on with uh, Captain America during this time. Uh, Tony Stark's going to have another huge role. Uh, plus, with the Guardians coming in, I just don't know how you can do all these side stories or put a lot of emphasis on Hulk in the next two films when they're already so uh, huge within themselves. Uh, I think if you did a movie, you know, maybe in the next Spider-Man movie or... Uh, you know, another follow-up movie afterwards, you know, you maybe can uh, bring the Hulk in and have him do something else. I just think Infinity War is going to be too crowded to really, for people to really care about what's going on with Hulk. Uh, like I said, it's going to work fine and it's going to be great for Thor Ragnarok, but instead of just trying to cram his stuff into two other movies that already have enough stuff in them, why not just work something out with Universal and make this movie? You know, people want well, it. Mark Ruffalo wants it. I mean, just just do what they can to get it done or try to get it done. Um, well, I, I just thing, I don't get the, that. 
Universal Universal is very similar to Fox. They don't feel the need to work out anything. They feel as though what they have done and what they're doing with the character is fine. Um, so there, there's not much Marvel can do. So it's not from, well, let me not say Marvel. Uh, Disney necessarily can do. I'm sure if Disney could have all of their characters back, they'd strike any kind of deal in a heartbeat. It's not that simple. These companies don't feel the need to work anything out. I mean, we there was a time we never thought Sony was going to work a deal with uh, the MCU to get Spider-Man. And then once they did strike a deal, it seemed like they couldn't wait for that deal to be over to get them back into Sony's hands solely. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like Universal's going to have to hit a point to where it's like if they're not making movies of the Hulk, they'll have to give the rights back. Or they just feel as though maybe it's better financially to jump on board with the MCU. But as of now, yeah. they're kind of thinking the same way that Fox is thinking to where it's like, I don't really need you. I mean, I'm allowing you to use them for your team-up movies, but I, outside of that, we don't really feel as though we need to do anything different to what we're doing now. Same thing on, on, on Fox feeling as though it can ever create a successful Fantastic Four franchise. We've seen two fail, and they feel as though they can keep going. So it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure Disney, if a, a proper deal could be made, they do it in a heartbeat, but it's those other guys over there playing hardball, and they're not looking to, uh, you know, to um, kind of cut any deals anytime soon. So, But I will say to the point that you made of cramming too much in there, Infinity War has like 30 characters it's putting in this movie that all have to get screen time. So it wouldn't be hard for me to believe that in those 30 characters, about eight of them, you're actually diving into their 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 own story. I mean, think about it. We're going to get a Gamora story because it's about her father. Um, you know, it's the Guardians meeting the Avengers for the first time. Uh, Tony's supposed to have this up, up and down arc. We got to know what's happening with Black Panther and, and Wakanda and how Wakanda decides to get involved. Where the hell has Captain America been? Bucky being unfrozen. The rest, you know, them finding Falcon and Ant-Man. So there's so much story to tell. So I don't, I don't doubt throwing the Hulk in there. Um, you know, it, it's a bad thing. I think they could easily pull it off. That that's just my opinion. What do you think, Joel? I got a headache whenever like thinking about all that. Like, holy shit, there's a lot of things. To it's talk a about. lot to think in about, man. Movie. But that's that's my point. Oh that's my, my point. There's so much in there already that we're looking forward to. So I'm sure the Russo brothers are like, eh, I think we can squeeze in some Hulk in there too. Maybe that's why I'm not as amped because I'm just I'm just uh, it's worries me not worries me I'm just I get anxiety from like I don't even know how the story is gonna go I have no idea I like a little legit even after seeing the little clips that we did from like Comic Con I'm just completely clueless cool with how they're gonna play in it or work it out and who's where and why and how it's just like holy crap it's gonna be a big movie and it has to be at least three hours I agree. we're thinking three hours <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking three and a half um, oh, God. no but. <laughs> Um, I, I will say this, from, from what I saw from what they're bringing us with this new trailer, we're definitely, everything that we're worried about will start to slowly but surely be answered uh, with this new trailer that they have coming soon. So when we see that, it'll shed more light. And shit, I forgot, Peter Parker. They gotta, you know, they gotta yeah. get some Spider-Man in there also, especially how he gets his new suit. So there's just so yeah. much story to tell. 
Um, I, I hope they don't dig too deep into Thanos' life because I don't really care. Um, I, I, don't, I don't care about his life. I, I care about what he's doing now to ruin their lives. But, you know, it's, it, it's to, to be seen. But uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking a little bit about Iron Man and his possible ups and downs of, you know, Infinity War and Avengers 4. We got news that Ty Simpkins uh, from Iron Man 3, who played the adorable little kid that gave Tony the door of the Explorer watch, will be returning for Avengers 4. Now, it left a lot of people to speculate what his role could be. Could it be passing of the torch? Could it be him coming to pay respects to a fallen Tony? Uh, could it be him possibly being groomed to be the next Iron Man? I'm telling you now, that's definitely not happening. But, you know, uh, there's so many interesting things it could be. Kanan, I'll start with you. What do you think of his return, and what do you think the importance of his return will end up being? Uh, you, you cut out on me. It might have been my phone. What, what was the question again? Sorry, I'm sorry. I was saying, what do you think of – what do you think the importance of him returning is, and how important do you think it will be to the actual story? Oh, that yeah, that's what I was saying. Like you, it was, it was cutting out when you were talking about it. What what, what was you saying? The return of who? Oh, sorry, Ty Simpkins, uh, the kid from. Oh Iron Man yeah. 3. Um, well, he he played uh you know a pretty significant role in Iron Man three. You know, with uh, you know, kind of helping Tony stay grounded. You know, I mean, I know he gave him the the PTSD at times, but I mean, he was still. I mean, it wasn't saying he was a, a huge character, but he, it's just they kind of bonded, you know. It was almost like a father figure and kind of like a mother figure as well since his, his mom really wasn't around. Um, I, I don't know where, I don't know where they'll, I don't know where they'll fit him in. Um, maybe he's, you know, at the point where, uh, you know, he's learned a lot, um, you know, because he was kind of a, uh, kind of a tech guru, kind of like Tony was. Maybe he comes in and, you know, he helps them figure out, you know, some way of defeating whatever, you know, the the story arc's going to be in that film. Uh, I don't want him just to be brought in just to say, hey, we're bringing him back. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I think he'll play, you know, some sort of a significant role. It's just uh, really hard to know right now. I'd really like to get a little bit more information on it. But um, maybe, maybe... Uh, if something happens because of, you know, what we've heard them casting for, maybe he comes back because of that. Maybe, like, paying a little bit of respect. You know, a little mourning going on. I don't know. So, yeah, I just now thought about that. So maybe that's why they bring him back. Yeah, I um, I honestly, I in, in, until I hear more from, you know, a, a lot of the people that I talk to in regards to um, Infinity War, I'm going to stay on, and this is not me reporting or anything. This is just my opinion. I really feel as though him returning isn't that significant. It's one of those things to where it's like Tony passed, so, you know, everyone that Tony had an impact on in his time as Iron Man uh, come to pay respects to him. Uh, and this kid showing up is a huge thing because of his significance to the last time we saw Iron Man in a solo film. Uh, I think that's that's all it's going to actually be. I don't see it being more than that. I don't knock your point that you made, and that's a very good point you made. This kid was really smart 
for for a kid, and he was kind of tech savvy, um, not on Peter's level, but around there. So if this kid comes in, he's older now, maybe he's you know uh, he's a lot smarter than he was then. He creates something that Stark could maybe kind of use to help neutralize Thanos uh, for that film. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that at all, uh, you know. But I I kind of see it more so of him coming to pay respect to uh, to what Tony meant to him as, like, a father figure. But, Joel, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, I think I'm with y'all. Like, I oh, personally, I just think it's a, a cameo. I don't really – I'm not thinking much of it, mainly because I don't really care. Um, I don't – like, he got casted, like, okay, he's in there in some capacity. I don't think it's going to be a huge part because there's so many moving parts in this movie already uh, that we know of. Um, I, d- I just – I don't know. I think it's just, I personally just think it's a cameo role. I, I don't think it's as very significant. If it is, it is. Uh, until I hear more, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. it. I think it's just a cameo, and that's kind of where I'm rolling with Maybe it's a funeral. Uh, I speculated that the other day, and I'll be upset if it's true because I don't want to see him die. But, I mean, it's possible that's what happens. So, so that is what it is. I will ask you this, Joel. Would you be upset if Iron Man at the end of Avengers 4, has a Superman type of death? Like, sacrifice himself? To where he sacrifices himself, but they use one of the stones to bring him back. But they don't actually show him coming back. It's, you know, like a, a small little sudden glimpse of something that lets you know he'll be back or something like that. Uh, sure. I mean, this is what it is. I mean, I'll be okay with it if that's the case. Um, I don't want to see him die. I really don't. But if he does, he does. And if that's what they allude to, I'll be cool with that too. Yeah, I, I wanted to get into something really quick with you guys before we move on to uh, the topic that uh, I'm really excited to get into with you guys on who's the best supervillain. Um, uh, uh, the Russo brothers were saying how uh, Infinity, uh, not Infinity War, Avengers 4 would be their last uh, time directing a Marvel movie. At least mm-hmm. for a while, but probably, probably in all likelihood, you know, for the near future. Um, a lot of people were happy with that, and they were kind of saying, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it's time. What I don't get is one of the greatest MCU movies, if not the two greatest, came from the Russo brothers. Why are we so eager to have them not direct anymore? Now... If the point that the certain people were making were, you know, it's time to get a new guy in there, same as if Josh Whedon had directed another Avengers movie, it's like, all right, well, we've seen him do three. Let's get someone else in there. I'm one of those guys to where I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. These guys haven't given us a mediocre, a bad, or a so-so MCU movie yet. So I'm fine with them continuing to do movies. Uh, but if they're ready to step down, then I completely respect it. But I'm curious, Joel, are you looking forward to them stepping aside? Uh, looking forward, no. But at the same time, I'm not upset about it because, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing someone else take over as well because that's what happens in life. You know, you don't do everything forever. Uh, and especially in the movie business, you don't have the same director go through several movies with you. That's just lucky for them. And they, like you said, they've just done nothing for for Marvel, and now they've taken over two. Now the the next two, so that's four movies in total. That's not everyone gets that 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 lucky. And I think I'd like to see them do other things, just 
for them and for their sake. But for us, no, I'm not. It's a bummer to lose them because they've they've done so well, and we'll see what they do with the next two Avengers movies. But uh, in the regard of losing them, I'm upset because you don't want to lose good talent. But at the same time, I'm I'm happy to see someone else try it. Yeah, I completely agree. I personally uh, would love to see Ryan Coogler uh, take over the next big Avengers film, whether it be Avengers 5 or whatever they decide to do about the future going forward as far as Mm team-up movies. I'd love to see Ryan Coogler take a shot at it, maybe even co-direct it with James Gunn, Uh, you know, because we assume it's going to get more galactic as, as we go forward in the MCU now that this is opening up the Avengers to the galactic world, uh, I believe it's going to be not more space-driven, but have a lot more space elements in it going forward. And I think James Gunn is a, is a great visionary for that, but I desperately want to see Ryan Coogler uh, do a, a, an cool. Avengers movie. But, uh, sorry, yes. Um, Kanan, uh, same question to you. Um, what are your thoughts on... Avengers 4 being the last time we see the Russo brothers in the MCU. Well, I mean, I think they deserve a break. I mean, they, they've been kind of hitting it pretty hard, especially with, you know, pretty much filming the last two Avengers movies back-to-back, which, you know, can't be an easy feat because of just the the size and magnitude of, of both movies. Uh, and, you know, it's almost, you know, like you said, we got, um, you know, I, I didn't really think uh, Civil War was better than uh, Winter Soldier, but you know Winter Soldier, you know we got that. Then you got Civil War. Uh, we all assume, I guess, that uh, uh, Infinity War is going to be great, and then we hope Avengers Four is great. So you know, it's it's kind of like how how long can they go with this great run? You know, maybe they want to go out on top. Maybe they just want to do other films, uh, and that, and that's fine. I think they I think they'll probably be back down the road. Uh, it may not be something as big as as the uh, you know as the Avengers films. Uh, I actually think uh, with depending on the success of Thor, um, I think uh, Taka Waititi will probably you know may even take over and do an Avengers movie. I think uh, you know he hasn't dealt with such you know as big of a cast as uh, you know as the Avengers, but I mean it's still quite a lot of people. I mean you still you know you got Hulk and. And uh, Valkyrie and Loki and Thor. I mean, that's you know, that's four people right there, plus the rest of the the cast. Um, but I mean, they're they're great directors. Uh, you know, I'd like to see what else they could do. You know, maybe uh, DC can you know steal them away for a project. So I um, mean, you never know. Uh, uh, you know, Justice League Two. Uh, there's uh, could possibly use some directors. So. Yeah, and I'm sure these guys would love to step up for a Superman movie also. So there's so many, there's a lot of things the Russo brothers could do uh, that I wouldn't, uh, you know, um, rule them out for. Uh, Their their potential is large, and I'm sure once they become free agents, the market will be huge for them. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I just, I never understood how, you know, people were reacting to that like yeah no i'm glad i'm glad they're going and it's just like huh like like even if we don't equate infinity war we just go off of the two movies that they did those are arguably the two best movies of the mcu i don't i don't get how we just kind of just glance over that but anyway let's move on to the topic that i'm sure kanan and joel will pop blood vessels when it comes to me about 
Let's talk best super what villain else is new? between 2007 and 2017. So I'm going to just name a few, but there's so many more. I'm not going to name them all. There's so many. I'm going to just name a few, and then we can start to, to kind of engage in this uh, this debate on who the best supervillain is. Uh, we've had Obadiah Stane, played by Jeff Bridges. We've had Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston. We've had Heath Ledger um, playing the Joker. We've had, um, I'm trying to remember his actual name, uh, the guy who played uh, uh, Wilson, Wilson Fisk, or Kingpin, rather. Um, oh, we're doing TV, too? Huh? Yeah, yeah, we can we're have doing... a TV, too. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. If, 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 if you want, yeah. Um, it's just within that time frame, so it has to be within that time frame. But it could be movies or TV. I, I won't limit it at all. Uh, so if you guys have other ideas you want to put into the pot, definitely put them into the pot. Uh, we got Manu Bennett as Slade Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Uh, Josh Shigar as uh, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a pick of mine. Um, whoever this guy is playing Rachel Ghoul right now um, on Gotham. Uh what other movies, movie ones that we have? We can count Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, there's so just so many TV more. As well. There's a yeah, lot. We can do TV like people as well. <laughs> there's a lot, man. I'm looking at a list <laughs> here. Many. And it's like, geez, there's so many. Um, but let me just hear you guys. Let's start off first with Kanan. Who do you pick as your number one guy that you feel as though is the best supervillain uh, between 2007 and 2017. It, okay, so we're going super villain. Um, yep. Okay, if we're... Well, I uh, like I stated, I think Heath Ledger's Joker is one of the best villains uh, in comic book movie history. If we're going super villain, then, you know, I'm going to go... Uh, Michael Shannon's General Zod in Man of Steel. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I think. Oh, go, oh, go, go ahead, Kevin. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just, I was just gonna say the reason why the reason why I choose him, I think, uh, it's just he's you know his performance, uh, you know the fact that uh, you know he nearly pummeled Superman into the dirt. Um, Oh man, there's there's there was another good villain in that movie too, Feyora. But uh, yeah, if, yeah, Michael Shannon. That that's who that's who I'm that's who I'm gonna pick. Michael Shannon over Heath Ledger. Yes, because I don't consider Joker a super villain. I consider him a villain. But as far as super villains, I'm go, I'm gonna go with Michael Shannon's uh, General Zod. All right. Okay. I didn't know you were gonna break it down like that. All right. So if you want to break it down like that. Um, you could do either or. You, you know, if if you want to go villain, we can just keep it villain. Um, if you want it, if you want uh, to use that to, to put Heath Ledger in, um, you know, you could do that if you want. I mean, because you could still okay, make well, a case for him. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, then, okay, yeah, that's fine. Then, I mean, if we're just going, like, villain, then, yeah, I'm going to go with Heath Ledger. Uh, because, and the reason why I would pick Heath Ledger is because, one, that movie was, uh, as popular and as uh, I'm trying to think of the 
successful because of Heath Ledger's performance. I think he went all in as as you know the Joker uh, because if you've seen Heath Ledger's movies, for the most part, he played Heath Ledger as the Joker. He completely became somebody else. I mean, there was times that even with the you know there was times I would look and I would think this is not Heath Ledger. You know who who is this? Because he just put so much effort and he had so much charisma. He just stole the show. Every scene he was in, just you couldn't wait to see more. And when you knew that that was his last scene, because you knew that he wasn't coming back because of his death, it was just almost like, oh my gosh, I need more of this. I need. I wish he hadn't died because we needed this in The Dark Knight Rises. We needed to see the Joker again. And there's very few actors and performances where I say, I need to see this again. And and his was one of them. Um, you know, I think if you Google the Joker and look at images on a Google, I mean, for the most part, you're going to see Heath Ledger's Joker. And I think he's just, I think it was just the, the attitude and the charisma and the effort he put into that role. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's my, you know, that's my case for, you know, Heath Ledger. <laughs> All right. Um, Joa, I'm just going to name a few more villains, mainly from the MCU since the DCEU had only just started. Um, right. And that's where majority, that's where the bulk of these movie villains come from. Uh, Ultron, James Spader, Loki, Whiplash, Ronan the Accuser, Alexander Pierce, Aldridge Killian, uh, Malekith, Justin Hammer, Baron Zemo, um, Darren Cross, Thanos, the Mandarin, I already said Ironmonger, the Purple Man, Red Skull, Ego the Living Planet, uh, Arnim Zola, Mr. Hyde, Kingpin, Baron Strucker, um, and (laughs) Nebula. So, you know, just to throw a few more names out there for just our listeners also. um, Honestly, it's hard for me to pick uh, the top one. I always thought if James Spader could have, if Ultron could have been written better, and I don't know if I blame Whedon or, or maybe, uh, you know, Marvel for kind of getting their hands too mixed in on that movie with him. I don't know who to blame. But if that character could have been written more so like Ultron and less like Iron Man, I, mm-hmm. I was just, I was blown away by James Spader. From that first trailer, just hearing his voice and how terrifying his voice sounded, mm-hmm. I was just like, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love this movie just for him, not even for the Avengers, I might even be rooting for Ultron. Um, and then when I saw it, I was just like, oh, God, he's Iron Man. Like, I didn't want him to be Iron Man, just a bad version. I wanted him to be the Ultron that we knew from the comics. And I was a little mm-hmm. disappointed with that, but that's not to take anything away from James Spader. I thought he did a phenomenal job as, as Ultron. And if we ever got to see him uh, again, maybe in Infinity War or Avengers 4... I feel like, man, he could really crush it again. Um, but, Joel, who would who would your number one pick be? Oh, it's so tough considering, like, you just added, like, a whole bunch more with television. And because uh, I really love, uh, like, the Kingpin and um, Kilgrave so far on the Netflix series. And I really enjoyed 
obviously the Joker in the Dark Knight of like uh, Loki and in the Marvel universe because Loki's been in more than just one movie. Um, consistency. Um, Zod was a good choice uh, from Man of Steel. Um, like you just you just rallied up a whole bunch of villains and I'm like I don't even know where to start but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with best performance but also I, I think it it comes down to like Joker and um and Loki because for me Joker's the best in terms of best performance in a solo movie I think Heath Ledger's Joker did it for me like a lot like he did a really good job of portraying his that version of the Joker. Uh, that world's Joker. Obviously, the Nolan universe is more gr- grounded, so it kind of changed things around. And so Heath Ledger transformed himself and became something else in that movie, uh, an agent of chaos, as he likes to say. Um, but Loki, you can make a great argument for, because Loki has not just been the main villain in a Thor movie, he's been the main villain in the first Avengers movie, and has remained a villain and a major villain in, from here on out. I mean, Loki's been consistently... a a good performance because he's even good in Dark the Thor the Dark World and Thor the Dark World is not that great. Um, so it's like this dude has been and he's been Loki for as long as he has. So I mean, you can, in terms of this, like as a supervillain, Loki just hold like is on another level because of the fact that he's been able to do it more than one time and stay consistent. And Heath Ledger unfortunately never got the opportunity to do it more than once, but he left such a mark on our lives till this day that we like it's hard to hold a candle for anybody else to hold a candle after him. So obviously uh Jared Leto himself has had to worry about comparisons and um he didn't even have a lot of time to show off his version of the Joker. So I'm gonna go with my personal favorite obviously being Heath Ledger's Joker, um and based solely on performance. But of course Loki is, comes in a hot second consider, considering he's been able to do so much and, and remain consistent. Ah, man, both of you guys is definitely hard to argue. I mean, you know, the performance of Heath Ledger is something that can't really be denied. The performance was top-notch. Um, I always told you guys my only issue with him being my personal number one is the uh, the accuracy of the character himself. He was more so, to me, anarchy than he was Joker. And I, I just, I was never a fan of that. I loved his performance, will never discredit his performance. Uh, how his character was portrayed is more so on the writing and the director than it is, per se, his, uh, you know, him doing the role wrong. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, I was even, I was looking at this list again, man. Uh, Cottonmouth. Uh, Cottonmouth was fucking phenomenal. But see mm-hmm. what what I was what I was thinking about as as you know as you were talking uh, was I couldn't even pick Cottonmouth because of the same issue of um, about the Joker that was never Cottonmouth in the comics Cottonmouth was like this flesh eating zombie in the comics right uh, so Ultron like it was, was never completely inaccurate too for the most part <laughs> Ultron was completely inaccurate. But yeah, the only reason why I gave only reason why I gave James Spader that edge is because they couldn't make him the Ultron that we know because Hank Pym didn't exist yet in that in that universe. He didn't exist right. yet, so he couldn't be based off of Hank Pym um, because there was no Hank Pym yet. So that's the right, that's right. the only reason why I give him that little bit of 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 a break because you know we know the MCU is centered around Iron Man, so. Right. Who better to make but, a villain, you know, a villain that, cater to 
Iron Man. The Ultron face, that, too. The Ultron, like, his face, the Ultron in the movie didn't look like the Ultron I remember in the comic book. <laughs> like, he actually, like, smiled and shit. It was weird. <laughs> like, Ultron yeah, yeah. it was terrifying. Now. It was. Um, yeah. I'd even go as far as to say his logic to why he wanted the world the way he wanted the world. Like, just his reasoning just... They weren't good. A lot of his story was just bad. But that's what I said. If James Spader had more to work with, I think we would really, really, really have been having a different conversation because we can't deny James Spader as an actor and what he was able to do with the the the, the crappy script he was given for Age of Ultron. Um, but I agree with you guys. You know, he's still. You know, even though James Spader is great, he's still not in that Loki. Uh, Heath Ledger conversation. Uh, like right. I was saying, Cottonmouth is someone I was definitely thinking about because of I just loved his performance so much, man. That that was why I was hanging on to a thread of you know for that season as, as long as I was. So as Dane uh, stated so elegantly, they decided to make Luke Cage Friday with the whole Debo versus Craig battle at the end of Luke Cage <laughs> season one. Uh, Diamondback. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Diamondback <laughs> and, and Luke Cage. It was very Friday, yeah. uh, Friday-ish. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, guys, I, I'm going to say if I had to lean more one way more than the other, I'm going to go Loki uh, over Heath Ledger. Um, for all the faults that the movies he was in had, I cannot deny the energy and the presence he brought from his first appearance in Thor the headlining, the first Avengers films, I'm seeing him again uh, throughout the MCU. I just feel as though if I close my eyes, everything Tom Hiddleston gave me as Loki is exactly what I could picture from every animated show, every animated movie, and every comic. The only reason I can't give it to Heath Ledger is because, like I said, I keep every time I see that movie, I keep thinking to myself, he was a damn good anarchy. And then I'm like, oh, no, shit, he was playing the Joker, not anarchy. Uh, you know, so that's, I'm not that's the argue. only... That's, <laughs> no, I definitely want to... Yeah, we got to get time to rebuttal. Yeah, no, 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 I'm going to give you time. I'm going to go right to you guys. Okay. I, I just wanted to finish okay. my point. I, um, You know, that's the only edge I give. Tom Hiddleston, to me, is is Loki. Is every bit of what I personally feel as though... Lucky, uh, lucky. Loki was in the comics and even in the animated series. Um, but Kanan, I'll start with you. Is your rebuttal to to my blasphemy? No, I mean I'm not. I'm not gonna. I mean you. You like Loki? That's fine. I mean I'm not knocking anybody's opinion. My only, my only thing I could say about Loki, um, first off, is uh, he is the most consistent. Other, you know, than Josh Brolin's Thanos. Uh, it's just the way Marvel's kind of handled their their villains. I mean, first off, Loki is a villain, but he's wishy-washy. One minute, you know, he's conflicted. He doesn't know if he wants to be a villain or if he really wants to be good. I mean, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, but some of the scenes I've seen, he's like, you know, him and Thor, you know, he's just on the brink. Whereas Joker was a full-on villain. There was never a time that you ever thought Joker wasn't going to be a villain. Plus, you can't just go by acting. Uh, Tom Hilson does a great acting job as as Loki. Um, Like I said, he's been one of the most consistent characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, Heath Ledger, like I said, I think his Joker went above and beyond uh, his acting range. Because, like I said, if you saw movies with Heath Ledger, it was just Heath Ledger playing a character. This was 
just somebody different playing Joker. But you have to look at what has the villain done to the hero. And the Joker, I mean, the Joker pretty much won. I mean, he broke Batman. He killed the love of his life. He turned Harvey Dent. He played the city like a fool. I mean, even though he went to jail, like he told Batman, he wasn't going to risk Gotham's soul in a fist fight. So the Joker broke Batman. He retired him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Now, Loki... Wait, wait, hold on one second. Loki in Avengers came off like a true bad guy. If they would have kept Coulson dead and, you know, let that be something that the Avengers would never forget, you know, that would have been great. Oh, my gosh, Loki killed Agent Coulson. Uh, you know, they have a true reason to hate him, but they didn't. They ended up bringing Coulson back for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and then I just kind of I really didn't like Loki's exit as a as a villain in Avengers, with just th- uh, the Hulk coming in and ragdolling him. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, I know they did it for laughs, but I know it's funny. I know it's funny and it's for laughs. But if you want him to be a, I guarantee you, the Hulk is not going to ragdoll Thanos. So yeah. Yeah. you know, you know, Loki should have been took taken more serious because in the comics. He is a jokester. He does play tricks, but he's a very serious villain. He's up there with, you know, Doom and everything. But, no, I mean, I'm not knocking your pick. I'm just saying I look at different aspects no. other than just acting. I look at what they've done I, to the hero, and Joker broke Batman. I understand that. But, to me, break, the breaking of Batman is, like, there. nothing changed of Batman. The city itself didn't fall to the Joker. Remember that whole scene of... The criminals could have blown up the the civilians. The civilians could have blown up the the criminals. Neither one mm-hmm. did that. Batman said, "Your plan didn't work. The city is not as toxic as you were trying to make it." That and the Joker was looking. The Joker was trying to get Batman to kill him. Batman didn't kill him either. So I mean, a lot of what the Joker was trying to do. Now I I do understand anarchy is one of the things he was trying to establish, and that he achieved. He achieved that. But breaking Batman, I wouldn't say he broke Batman. And you could say, well, he retired. But, I mean, I think more went into that uh, than just the whole interaction with with the Joker. A lot of things played into why he had to retire. I mean, let's not forget his body was breaking down at the time of when he decided to actually retire. Um, He was in his prime. He was, (laughs) but don't you remember the beginning? But don't you remember the beginning of Dark Knight Rises where he had to get his whole leg fixed and everything like that? Because yeah, yeah that was because of the fall, and he didn't even try to get it fixed because he went on break. He he took that retirement for eight years. But you see, though, the right. Joker broke him years, because yeah. he yeah he they lived on a lie. So the Joker really won because everything was built on a lie, and then Bane exposed that. If he they did, had just but then you give Harvey more credit to Bane. No, I, I, I give credit to the Joker dope. because Joker's actions led to that. I, I understand that, but as far as, like, I, I, I just wouldn't say breaking Bat. I wouldn't say he broke Batman. Um, but to the point I was trying to make of Loki was, in the comics, he's always been known as a god of mischief. And he's caused nothing but mischief in the MCU. So that was accurate. And the, and the idea of him playing the fence, you know, with wanting to be something more than just this guy who's known for uh, chaos, every time Thor has thought to himself, 
I can trust Loki, Loki has in, has has screwed him over. Even if he seems yep. like they're partners in Thor Ragnarok, what is one of the scenes we saw in, in, that, in that Comic-Con Infinity War trailer? Loki giving Thanos the Cosmic Cube. So what I'm saying is Loki has been true to his comic counterpart because that is exactly who Loki always was in the comics. He would do whatever he needed to do to get an advantage. So if that meant he had to put on a smile, make Thor think that, you know, they're brothers again and he's turning over to the light side, he'd do that for a few hours, for a few days, and then boom, right right when opportunity showed itself, he go right back to that dirty, low-down Loki that we've, that we've always known him to be. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying the point you're making of the Joker is, isn't a good point. It's a great point. And I do think a lot of certain things uh, made him a better villain than Loki. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, I keep hearing you say he broke him. And the idea of what the Joker was trying to accomplish, some of it kind of didn't get accomplished. I kind of feel as though most of what Loki was trying to do, let's not forget, most of what's happened in the MCU as far as the Avengers and everything as far as their villains has happened, has happened because of what Loki did. The idea of creating Ultron happened from when the Chitauri evaded and uh, Tony had kind of like that midlife crisis or or that different look on life of if we create these things, we don't need to, to be the Avengers. And then that created Ultron. And then from that, Cosmic Cube, you know, uh, was a whole thing. Um, and, and, you know, a whole bunch of things. The Mind Stone came in and stuff like that. So I, I think Loki has kind of ushered in a lot of what happened in the MCU. So he's responsible for a universe's crisis rather than just uh, an arc. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if, I don't know if that necessarily makes make sense. It didn't as I, as I heard myself say it. But... He's more responsible for an arc, uh, more so than just the downfall of one character, is what I'm trying to say. Joel, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, because like, the point I'm trying to make is Loki definitely has had more opportunities to show off <laughs> what he can do than the Joker did, or at least uh, Heath Ledger's Joker did. Um, and, he, and it will continue, because I doubt he dies in this movie, so... We'll see. Um, I, I, I'm just my thing with Joker is that yeah, he's not the most accurate portrayal of the Joker. Obviously, uh, as soon as uh, I saw that he face painted himself and didn't, it wasn't like the bleached white and the, the like. He fell into a bad chemical storyline. I knew that was that. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh well, they, this is their version of it. This, this, but at the end of the day, he was still. You still knew it was the Joker. It wasn't like you didn't recognize the Joker. He was still the Joker. Like it's like, it wasn't super accurate, but it was still the Joker. I don't think there was a question that that was the Joker. He looked like the Joker. He acted like the Joker. His intentions weren't always Joker-like, but it was Nolan's universe's version of the Joker. Whereas, just like if you want to compare it to like a, a Cottonmouth, that's very unnoticeable as Cottonmouth. <laughs> like it's just in name only, really. It's their version of Cotton. Like Kingpin is super accurate in looks and acting and everything and all that. I think Kingpin is one of the better villains they've had in uh, in comic books because of the fact that they better they would they were able to nail him in terms of performance and the way he acts in the comics and the way he looks in the comics. Um, and of course Loki as well. Loki's been as pretty accurate as his damn self. So 
it really depends on how you look at it. Like I think Loki overall, because of the fact that he's been able to do it in multiple movies and stay consistent, uh, I think based on just the one performance, that's just almost unforgettable. And he thought your Joker is just one of them. Cannon, did you want to add anything else before we moved on? Uh, no, you know, like I said, I mean, you can make a case for both of them. I mean, uh, I think, you know, in the, you know, for the movie that, you know, Heath Ledger was in, I think, like I said, he just, you know, he he went all out for the film. I mean, you can't take away what Tom Hiddleston's done for the MCU. I mean, he's been like, you know, like we said, the most consistent villain, but you know, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's just, to me, I think it just comes down to. Um, you know, overall acting and, and, you know, what they did for that film. And I think that Heath Ledger's Joker made The Dark Knight what it was. That I do not disagree on because, you know, I'm not a fan of Christian Bale's Batman, so I'll never disagree with that. Uh, I think that movie (laughs) was completely dependent on (laughs) the great performance of Heath Ledger or that movie wouldn't have gotten nearly as much recognition uh, as it did, if not for the amazing performance of uh, of Heath Ledger. So like you said, you could definitely make a case for, for both guys, both remarkable actors. Uh, if Heath Ledger had more time, he could have possibly undoubtedly been the unanimous greatest villain of all time. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we got some news from J.K. Simmons uh, about um, a Justice League sequel being written. So, Kanan, I will start with you, our resident DC analyst. Um, uh, do you want to <laughs> shed some more light on uh, on his remarks? That's one one part of my question. And the second part is, what what do you want out of a Justice League Part Two? Like, what do you want as far as the villain? Do you want more heroes, or do you want the same group that we have now? Uh, well, I, I think that it's a good sign if that they're talking about a script already being written for the film. I think that, you know, DC fans can, you know, feel maybe, you know, pretty good about um, the direction that they're wanting to go with the universe, because I know a lot of people uh, took what Jeff and uh, what Jeff Johns and Diane Nelson said, you know, kind of literal when they were talking about the movies, you know, being in the universe, but kind of like being standalone where they didn't have to necessarily have other characters come in or didn't have to necessarily connect. Um, That freaked a lot of people out. I I think, you know, I I don't know. I I mean, I want to see a Justice League 2, but who's going to be Batman? I mean, are we, you know, we don't know the status really of Ben. We we know he said he's coming back. We hope that he, he comes back. But, I mean, who will... I'm pretty sure we'll keep the other the other cast. I'm sure we'll still have Gal and Henry and Ray and Ezra and uh, Jason. But I mean, who will be Batman? Uh, I'm pretty sure Justice League Two, uh, unless Justice League you know comes out and is super huge, um, I don't see them fast tracking Justice League Two. Uh, so I would assume, hopefully, that we'll get the Flashpoint movie before then. You know, what's that gonna you know what's that gonna do to Justice League Two? Uh, but I want I want to see uh, Dark Side. I know some people have said wait and do Dark Side for a, a third movie, but we don't know where DC's going or what's going to happen. So I'd love to see Dark Side now. 
um, just because we may not get to see him. If I mean, if something happens, then I mean, we we know based on uh, screenings that we're probably not going to see him at all in this movie. So I definitely want to see him in in the second as the main villain. Or if he's not going to be the main villain and you get somebody else, then I mean he's got to definitely have a presence. They've got to show him at least. Uh, to satisfy the fans, you know, just so we can kind of glimpse, we can get a glimpse of what he would look like and how he's going to talk, how he's going to act. I mean, he can't just be some cloud floating around like Galactus was in Fantastic Four. <laughs> to a boy. Yeah, no, I, I definitely yeah. agree. And I'll say this. I'll say to a lot of people who keep saying, you know, kind of hold off on, on Darkseid, Darkseid isn't the kind of character you treat the same way the MCU did with Thanos. We know the only reason why we didn't see Thanos as early as we did is because they had to explain the the gems uh, over the course of the past, I don't know, six or seven years. So now now that we know all the gems, we've seen them all, we now have a guy who's coming to collect them all and use them, uh, you know, to destroy all, you know, all of Earth or all of the heroes or whatever. Darkseid doesn't have, you know, a story like that. Like, Darkseid is just like, he wants to take over Earth. There's this guy named Superman and his super friends that are stopping him, and he's going to wreak havoc. So that's kind of like just what I want to see. So, I mean, even if you say, all right, well, Darkseid isn't going to be the villain for Justice League 2, he kind of has to for Justice League 3. He's not the kind of villain I want to see Superman take out on his own because uh, it's just not believable to me. We kind of know Darkseid has, has gotten the best of Superman a lot, so it'd be really hard for you to convince me that Superman, especially in his early stages that he's in now, especially after just coming back from dying, um, is able to defeat Darkseid. I'd I'd never be on board with that. Uh, that definitely is a character uh, is a is a villain you use for the heroes to get together to uh, to take down. But Joel, I'm curious, do you want more heroes like a Justice League Unlimited for Justice League Two? Not obviously as as much as that, but like adding Shazam, adding a Green Lantern, maybe Green Arrow, stuff like that. Or do you want it to stay the the team that we have now? Well, I think it's smart always to add at least one or two uh, to the team, just because you got to add something new, right? Um, yeah. Green Lantern obviously is my first choice because if we don't get him in this movie at all, then we definitely have to get him in the next one. Uh, the Green Lantern is a big part of the Justice League and should be there in this movie. So without getting into that rant, <laughs> um, I believe I'm happy that they're, they're writing another one. I, that means they, they gotta be somewhat confident in this movie if they're already moving on to the next. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. we can think about my problem with dark. I mean, I like dark side. I want to see dark side. And I, I hope we do get a, a vision of him in this movie at the very least, just to see what he looks like, you know? Um, but if not, of course you're like, Oh, well then he has to be in the next movie. The problem with that is, like, how do you do the next movie and not have it as similar as, as this one? Because you're basically just replacing Steppenwolf with Darkseid because he uses Parademons, too. It is it's really Darkseid's army. He's just a general in it. So, like, how do you make it different? But uh, well, it's, it's going to be too similar, so you have to do something to make it also very a little different. So either you do that in this movie or you wait another into the next movie. So you at least have more space in between, but it really depends when Justice League two comes out. Cause if you wait long enough, then you're like, Oh shit, it's been a while since we've seen this fight. So you can go right into the dark side. 
But there are other options for other villains. Like a Brainiac would work really well in a Justice League movie because that's just a big major villain that I think might be too much for Superman by himself. So it's like they can go in different directions. Like if Shazam is in it, I'd be cool with that. If Shazam is somehow in it after they introduce Shazam, I'd be cool with that. Um, If they introduce other characters, I'm cool with it, but not too much. So, no, I wouldn't say Justice League Unlimited. I'd probably keep it a little – just keep it focused on the big seven for now and then, of course, expand out slowly. Or at least allude. You can allude to other heroes. You know, I'll be cool with that. Yeah, um, I I just – I always like the idea of them expanding. I mean, we're at the point now where Marvel is just a big uh, Avengers initiative to where it's like a thousand different heroes now. Uh, whether it's street level or it's the big dogs with the the MCU, uh, the Avengers. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. I, I like I like their confidence in uh, a script already being written for um, for Justice League Two. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it shows that they're very confident in what Justice League One is going to end up doing and what Aquaman's going to doing. Like, there's going to be a want, a demand for a part two. So that's always good. As far as uh, Dark Side, I get what you're saying. Um, I've always said I, I'd like it if uh, Brainiac was the next main villain and somehow mm-hmm. he struck a deal with Darkseid. Um, you know, because we do know Brainiac's whole thing is destroying planets. Maybe mm-hmm. Apo- uh, uh, Apocalypse is one of those planets that he was looking to destroy. And then they were like, nope, you know what? Instead of destroying that, how about since we both want the destruction of Earth, we work together for it. Just something along those lines. Um, and, you know, he sends him as his pawn uh, to go try to destroy the Justice League and Earth. He doesn't, so then Darkseid's like, all right, well, I can't keep just sending people. I'll do it myself this time. So, you know, they could definitely go a route like that. Um, but you definitely need to show us Darkseid at some point. At some point. Like, even if it's just the way that... Um, Age of Ultron showed us Thanos or Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy showed us Thanos we deserve to see Darkseid we really do um, so you know I, I'd even like a conversation to where it's like a hologram of him and someone's talking to him or it's a hologram of him and he's sending a warning to Earth at the end of Justice League just something along the lines of that but Kanan because I think you have some knowledge in this, in this topic um, I've been hearing a lot of talks of Lex Luthor could still be in Justice League. Uh, what have you been hearing about that? Uh, yes, I've I've heard that there was a, there's an article that came out uh, that's not um, you know an official like Warner Brothers um, a magazine article, but the uh, the magazine that came out did say, and I think they're I think they're kind of going based on an interview they had with Siren Hines. Uh, you know, his role as Steppenwolf, but they're saying that, you know, Lex, Luke, Lex, Lex Luthor is, um, you know, playing a role in the film. Now, I don't know if they're taking this from some stuff that was reported earlier, uh, because I know in the, you know, in the test screenings that they did, uh, several people said Lex was not in it, but, you know, that was not the final edit. Um, so maybe they did, you know, maybe they did bring him back. Um, I know that Joe Maginello's name isn't on the the final credits. Neither is uh, Kiersey Clemens Iris, but Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg as well. Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> name is 
listed in the final credits for uh, Justice League. So, you know, there is a chance that, uh, you know, he could possibly uh, be in the film um, for, you know, the final uh, pickups. Now, if you ask anybody now, they're still saying, no, he's not in it because they have not seen uh, the final film. But I think there is supposed to be, I think there is supposed to be a final screening uh, this coming week. Um, so it may be, it may be actually Monday or, or around the time that they're going to be releasing the tickets. So there is supposed to be a final cut of the film. It may, it might be Monday because if they're going to put the, uh, if they're going to put the, um, the tickets on sale Wednesday, that's going to give us the official runtime. I'd say that, you know, Monday or Tuesday, we're probably going to get the final screening, um, and then we'll, we'll know more from there. Uh, you know, that that really upsets me, what you were saying about Joe Manganiello. Uh, what really had me excited for this movie was that test footage uh, that we saw of him in the hangar. And then mm-hmm. when Zack Snyder posted the uh, um, photo of him drawing out uh, a scene between Lex and Deathstroke, those were like some of the, the two biggest things that had us like, all right, give us this movie now. And we're still all extremely hyped for this movie, so that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm saying is I just hate how some of that stuff was cut. I was really looking forward yeah. to that. Um, but we're getting the Warner curious, Brothers you, cut. Yeah, we're getting the <laughs> Warner Brothers cut. Honestly, this would be the one time I'd be okay with an extended edition that maybe did have those scenes. In it, I, I wouldn't be upset with that. But Joel, what what role do you see Lex playing in this movie if he's even in it? And how do you feel about the cut of Iris West and of uh, and of Deathstroke? Um, well, we've talked about this before. Uh, I don't know if he's in it anymore. If he is, he is. If he isn't, he isn't. Uh, I hope he is because I, I definitely was looking forward to seeing him in it. And I'm not sure what in what capacity. Uh, maybe there is a scene with him and Deathstroke that could still possibly be in it for all we know. Considering we heard he was cut, and now we don't. Now we're hearing that he's not. So that could be one of the scenes. It could be it was him and uh, his connection to Steppenwolf, because as you know, they alluded to their connection in the PBS and the extended edition of that. So he can play those two, like a couple different parts. And I'd like to see him. Obviously, I don't want. I'd, ra- I'd rather not see people get cut from a movie. And there's probably so much this movie uh, that has been cut uh, or added, and we won't ever really know until maybe. The deleted scenes come out, and even then, we'll only get so much. You know, they're only going to show us some of it. But I'm looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. the the Blu-ray version of this movie to see <laughs> see what scenes they do show us. I got cut, but if not, they're going to give us whatever they feel like they're going to give us, and it's two hours worth of glory. I'll be happy. So, what do you what are you expecting from Lex Luthor if he is in this movie? I just said, like, whatever, either it's his connection with Steppenwolf or maybe it's that scene with Deathstroke. I really, that's really all I, I, that's all I'm expecting from him. I have no other expectations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I yeah. missed that. Yeah. I apologize. Um, yeah. No, Candy, did you want to add anything else? Yeah. I mean, from, from what I'm hearing, uh, honestly, I, if they did cut Lex, I have no clue why because he's a huge factor in, he's supposed to be a huge factor in the film, especially with them piecing together who Steppenwolf is, what he's after, um, because he has the notes, he has all the knowledge on uh, Steppenwolf, 
and you know the the mother boxes like Batman and 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 all of them they don't they don't know really you know they know of them because they're where they are but like mm-hmm. Lex actually has the knowledge he has the information they need and there's supposedly it's supposed to be a scene you know where they confront him about it uh and that's where they get you know they they understand and they learn which pretty much helps them you know with uh you know with Steppenwolf so I don't know why and plus you know we saw at the end in the ultimate edition you know Lex communicating with Steppenwolf so it's like why would you really cut out Lex he's you know I can understand Iris I can understand Deathstroke but Lex I mean he's a bigger piece you know of the puzzle and it's like you're really cutting out one of the main things so if they did, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. I mean, he he definitely should have never been cut. Agreed. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't know what their what their reasoning behind that is, but it doesn't make that much sense to me personally. I I, I would have kept him. Everything else, even though I'm a little uh, you know a little upset about it, it makes sense. Uh, you not putting Deathstroke in there is because he's not in your immediate future. Uh, mm-hmm. You taking Iris West out because you'd rather her make her appearance in the Flash solo. Both those reasons make sense. You not having the guy in the movie that kind of put this all together makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but like you said, his name is still on the credits, right? Yes, on the final uh, on the final listing, he's uh, you know his name is listed. Uh, in the credits, none of the uh, none of the other actors who who were cut um, are listed. Um, yeah, so Joe Manganiello and uh, Kiersey Clemens, their their names are not on it, but Jesse Eisenberg's name uh, is listed there. So that's a lot of people speculating that he'll, uh, you know, he'll be in the film. Well, I can't wait for that film to come out. Um, God, you still have another almost another month. Oh, less than a month. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, less this than a damn month. thing drops. Pretty yeah, cool, less than a month. Say. Yes, damn. less than a month. It is. It's it exciting. Is. <laughs> yeah, we got 11 days till Thor and 25 yeah. days until Justice League. Let's well, let's boy. not get that far. I, I'm thinking more immediate. Like in five days, we'll have Stranger Things season two. Yeah, yes. that's cool. We can do that too. That is the immediate. Step that step is step. the immediate. Step by step. <laughs> I do. I do hope we're going to do a box office prediction uh, for Thor and Justice League. So, oh boy. Yeah, we definitely no can do idea. that. We can do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, we'll do that next Sunday because that following week will be Thor. So we'll we'll do that then, and yeah. then we'll do another box office uh, prediction around the time Justice League comes out. Right. Ooh, excuse me. Um, Kanan, throw in some closing statements, buddy, so we can wrap up this this episode. Uh, yes, you know, as we were just speaking about Thor and talking about Justice League, um, if you follow the uh, Twitter page, we're going to be doing a special Thor's Day uh, giveaway, uh, two tickets to see Thor Ragnarok when it comes out. Also, we're going to be doing something similar for Justice League, uh, so just make sure you stay tuned to the Twitter uh, page um, for more information Absolutely. Do not miss that. That is a free giveaway. Do not miss that. Um, Joel, you want to throw in some closing statements? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, 
we got to just pay attention to our, our feed, like we, we like especially on Facebook. So you follow us on Facebook, you follow us on Twitter, especially with Kanan, and 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 it gets really crazy on Twitter. I'm not gonna lie. So if you're there, uh, be nice because <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you can follow me on all those places at Joel underscore J27, especially on Instagram and Twitter, and just my name on uh, on Facebook. Um, Peak Vibes Live, obviously, what what like Sunday nights at 8, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, full Cult Press on Thursdays, at least for the time being, at 9 uh, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wrestling Geek Alliance on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, it was, so and there's got Geek TV down on Friday, right? So, like, at 8. So, that's crazy. Yep. So, we have so many damn shows, and we have interviews on Tuesdays most of the time now. So, yeah, we're all over the place. It's pretty crazy. We're pretty busy, and... Um, I got to say, I'm proud to be a part of this group. So, yeah, that's the end. <laughs> as as Cleveland would say, we are everywhere, warrior. Uh, so do not miss us, guys. We have so much going on. As Cannon said, we have that giveaway. Also look forward to our interviews with John Wesley Shipp and Aaron Richards, who plays Barbara on Gotham. Um, so stay tuned for our great interviews. We have so much stuff coming. Do not miss out on um, Daniel's Geek Vibes News on YouTube and also Jonesy's Watchtower, where she breaks down Gotham, Flash, and Arrow. Uh, So do not miss that either. We have so much stuff for you guys, and we have a lot more stuff coming. Uh, We maybe even bring back uh, I Am Geek Vibes, give out some more shirts and stuff. So stay tuned, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Until... Yep, well, I think we might bring that back sometime this week. Um, So stay tuned for more details on that. But until next week, guys, this has been another episode of Geek Vibes Live. We will see you guys same time, same place, next Sunday. Peace. Peace.